Hello, and welcome to Pastor George's Bible Study. Okay, so, so we are talking about, we have continued to talk about uh, prayer, and today we want to just examine the prayer of Christ, or Christ's prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. So we'll be looking at Matthew 26, from verse 36 to 46. Can somebody read for us, please? Matthew 26, verse 36. Yes. So Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he told his disciples, sit down here while I go over yonder and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to show grief and distress of mind and was deeply depressed. Then he said to them, my soul is very sad and deeply grieving, and deeply grieved, so that I am almost dying of sorrow. Stay here and keep awake and keep watch with me. And going a little farther, uh, he threw himself upon the ground on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, not what I desire, but as you will and desire. And he came to the and he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, "What? Are you so utterly unable to stay awake and keep watch with me for one hour? All of you must keep awake, give strict attention, be cautious and active, and watch and pray." that you may not come into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot go past, or unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found that something, for their eyes were weighed down with sleep. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, using the same words. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of especially wicked sinners, whose way or nature it is to get it is to act in opposition to God. Get up, let us be going. See my betrayer is at hand. May God grant us understanding as we look at that scripture very closely. Um, so we notice there that Jesus, the Bible said he came to a place called Gethsemane. And um, I know, Dom, do you mind telling us what does Gethsemane mean? Um, it's the oil press, isn't it? It's the... That's that's what it means. Oil, because it's an actual oil press is actually in the thing. Okay. It, yeah, guess how many derives from the Aramaic meaning oil press. Oil press. Okay. So yeah, I was <laughs> that was just from memory. I didn't even get a mem- You've not checked it. But... No, 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 I did check it, and I and I knew it was right because. No, um... no, no. That's why I just because I I know you, you're good at this thing, so that's why yeah. I give the to you. But you see, I I just want us to take note that Jesus withdrew there. And the Bible said, 
there was not, he didn't go there to do sightseeing. He told the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he now selected three disciples to follow him in verse 37. If you notice, the Bible said he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. That's James and John. And the Bible said he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Now, this is Jesus, a human being as well, being sorrowful and deeply distressed. But what was going to be the answer to this sorrow and depression? It was prayer. That's the first thing I think we should note. Thank God we have an example in Jesus. He too bore the kind of pains we bore. The Bible said he was exceedingly sorrowful. He said, the Bible said he began to be sorrowful. And why was he sorrowful? He was sorrowful unto death. He knew he was going to go to the cross. This, you could see the human feeling being exhibited in the life of Jesus. So to show you that what you are passing through or what you have passed through, Jesus has also passed through it, especially when it comes to the issue of death. With, yes, I agree we are Christians. We have a hope. Yes, we do. Um, our home, final destination is not this world. But death still has sorrow with it, which we can acknowledge. And we saw Jesus here. He was sorrowful unto death. But the, the answer to that sorrow unto death, the answer to depression and the sorrow he was feeling was not to keep languishing in depression. What was he doing, please? He took time to pray. And this is a lesson for us too. We cannot shy away from it. We are still living in this world. This will happen. Circumstances may crop up that will bring sorrow and depression. But we are learning here firsthand from our master, our example, Jesus, that the answer to it, the place to get strength, the place to be encouraged is before the Lord in the place of prayer, which is very important. I know the, it's a different thinking out there. When somebody is depressed, it's either he goes and does something nasty. It's either he, 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 he decides to placate his sorrow with, for, with whatever. I know some people say when they are sorrowful and they are depressed, they go out shopping. I don't know if you've heard that before. <laughs> it's a it's a terror. You know, the first question I asked when I heard somebody tell me that was, is the person who has money that can go out shopping. So if you are, if your sorrow or depression is not because of money, that means you have the money. So you can try and treat that sorrow and depression by going to shop. But supposing you don't have money, how do you handle that? They call it retail therapy. <laughs> you go to the retailers and you carry your card and you are just swiping because you are depressed. So you buy stuff you don't need. But for Jesus, there was nothing like retail therapy. 
he went to the place of prayer. So that's our first lesson. I see the Holy Spirit wants us to highlight for our lives. Because we are copying the example of Jesus. He faced what you two faced at some point or in whatever degree. But look at how he handled it. It was prayer. Now, let's also take note. If you read that verse um, 37, Jesus did not go alone. He went with three of his disciples, close friends. Beloved brethren, there is nothing wrong with asking brethren to pray along with you when you are facing a problem or you are facing a situation or you are looking up to God for help. There is a place for us to bring in our collective corporateness to pray for one another. Do you remember that story we read last week? The story of how Joshua went to fight the Amalekites and Moses held up the rod. We remember. While Moses held up that rod, who were the two people, please, um, helping to hold Moses' rod? Can the Salido family, I know you are behind the, the screen, can, can somebody in the Salido family answer that question? Who were the two people helping Moses to hold up the rod of God? Yes, Salido family. Yeah. Aaron and uh, Aaron and uh, oh, thank you very much, Aaron and uh. So to show you that Moses was not a Superman, Moses also needed help. He needed help, as great as his anointing was. He too needed somebody to pray along with him. So nobody is look at Jesus. If Jesus did not need Peter and James and John's prayer, he would not have told them to come along. There was no, he's not, he's not calling them for sure. He called them so that, look at the reason. He said in verse 38, why he told them to come. He said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. So Jesus was specific. He gave them the prayer point. The watching is not a physical watching. That was not what he was telling them to do, to just open their eyes and watch him. No, it was to pray with him. Now, is there a serious spiritual lesson for us from that scripture? Yes, there is. That God is looking for those who will watch with him. We are good. It's good I, I expound on that because Jesus told those disciples, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful. And Jesus knew that prayer was going to be the answer to this. But Jesus was not going to pray alone. He got his friends to pray along with him. Very important lesson. So, and he gave them the prayer point. I know, you know, when you are talking to friends who are Christians, oh, pray for me. The question is, for what? Let's be specific. 
So Jesus even gave the reason here. This might be way down because of death. I want you to stay and watch with me and pray along with me. So that I can have a breakthrough. So that I can pray this through. So that I can do what God wants me to do. Very important lesson for us. The Bible said, he asked, stay and watch with me. And so uh, it's obvious that God is looking for those who will watch, who will stay in the place of prayer and watch with him. We are going to see scriptures now, quite a few of them. And the word of God has this principle all over, right from the Old Testament. Can somebody just tell me, from the Old Testament, any of the children, please, from the Old Testament, who can you remember prayed in the Old Testament? Let me make it very simple for you. In Genesis, prayed on behalf of others. Or it's had, there's a symbolic representation of somebody standing in the gap, interceding on behalf of others. Any of the children, please. Yeah. Isn't um Abraham for like Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah? Exactly, exactly. Maybe we should look at it. Let's go there. So we are we are trying to um we are trying to qualify when Jesus said, "Stay and watch with me." Let's look at what that means in practical terms. So Genesis. Let's go to Genesis. Let's go to Genesis eighteen. Genesis 18. Um, yes. We'll start reading from verse, just so that you have a feel of that story. Let's just read it again. I know you've read it before, but repeating the reading is not going to be harmful at all. It's all only for our own advantage for us to know more. So let me read it from verse 22. This is, this is um, Abraham. Or should I take it from verse? Let me take it from verse 26. We know the story. Lot was living in Sodom and Gomorrah, and God had visited Abraham in the form of, should I say, angels had visited Abraham, and they were on their way. Look at verse 22. Then the men turned away from there and went towards Sodom. They were on their way to Sodom to go and destroy it. The Bible said, but Abraham stood still, or still stood before the Lord. You can see Abraham, that's symbolic for us. Do you know it's interesting that Abraham had visitors who were angels, eh? but angels did not distract Abraham from standing before God. Wonderful. Does that teach you? Does that teach me and you a lesson? Abraham was interested in engaging with God, even when those that God sent, the angels, even when those the, um, activity was going on around him, he would not be distracted. He stood before the Lord. Look out. 
And because Abraham took that intercession serious, look at what he said in verse 22. He said in verse 23, and Abraham came near and said, would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Let me keep reading. Supposing there are 50 righteous within the city, would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous that were in it? Verse 25, far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? So the Lord said, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. Then Abraham answered and said, Indeed now, who am I but dust and ashes? have taken it upon myself to speak to you, the Lord. Speak to the Lord. Supposing there are five less than the 50 righteous, would you destroy all the city for the lack of five? So he said, that's the Lord. If I find 45, I will not destroy it. And he spoke to him yet again and said, supposing there were 40 found there. So he said, I will not do it for the sake of 40. Then he said, let not the Lord be angry. And I will speak. Supposing, suppose 30 should be found there. So he said, I will not do it if I find 30 there. And he said, indeed now, I have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Supposing 20, do you see the bargain? Supposing 20 should be found here, there. So he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of 20. Then he said, let not the Lord be angry. <laughs> and I will speak, but once more, supposing 10 be found there. And he said, that's the Lord. I will not destroy it for the sake of 10. So the Lord went his way as soon as he had finished speaking with Abraham. And Abraham returned to his place. I pray God will give us understanding. Do we, do we see a lesson there for our own lives? Do you see the conversation taking place with the Lord? Abraham is teaching us principles of praying and interceding. Abraham was not praying for himself. The only people Abraham knew in Sodom and Gomorrah was Lot. Lot's wife, his daughters, maybe the people were meant to marry Lot's daughters. Maybe. So we have Lot, Lot's wife, the two daughters, that's four. The proposed son-in-laws, that's six. And Abraham kept dropping the number from 50 down. To 45, to 40, to 30, to 20. Abraham was, was standing before the Lord, conversing with the Lord. This is a lesson for us too. That there is nothing, let's, let's imbibe this habit of interceding. Let's be able to Take time and say, I'm not praying for myself. Let me pray for others. 
Let me stand in the gap for others. Abraham was doing it on behalf of a whole city. And you can see this kind of um, um, heart is mirrored in scriptures. Mirrored in the sense that you will see where God was looking for somebody who can stand in the gap. And God is still looking for somebody. God has not changed. This same principle of prayer applies to us too. He's still looking for somebody who will stand in the place of prayer and stand in the gap and intercede on behalf of the people. Very important. Abraham, do you know, the Bible said in verse 33, so the Lord went his way. When the conversations finished, the Lord left. So the Lord did not leave that place because he was engaging with Abraham. Does that not teach me a lesson? That God is ever ready to listen to us when we pray. He's not going to leave. He's not going to close his ears. When you stop praying, he leaves. <laughs> Abraham, the Lord did not leave until Abraham stopped. So what's God teaching us? God is saying, he is looking for somebody that will stand in the gap. Let's just read scriptures. Let's read, let's read scriptures. Um, look at, just to show another example. Let's hear what God said regarding this matter. Look at um, Isaiah, just quickly, Isaiah 59. Or maybe before we go to Isaiah, go to Ezekiel. Ezekiel um, 22. Ezekiel 22. This was God's desire, and it was, it's the same desire he's still looking, he still has. Look at it. Ezekiel 22, um, verse 30. Yes, verse 30. The Bible says, so I sought for a man among them who will make a war and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land so that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. The Bible said, I don't know if what you have in your translation. Um, another translation says, let me just read it. Um, what does NIV say, Samuel? Um, I looked for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land, so I would not have to destroy it, but I found no one. Hmm. The Lord, the Bible said, was looking for a man who will build the wall, who will repair the wall. The spiritual wall of the city had crumbled. The enemy, the hedge, has been broken. The enemy was having a field day. But God, looking for a man who will arise and build the wall in the place of prayer. Who will arise and also cooperate with him in the place of prayer to bring salvation of souls, to bring restoration of souls, so that people can come to know him again. God is always looking for a man. 
He's looking for a man. He's looking for a woman. He's looking for a young boy, a young girl. Anybody who will cooperate with him in the place of prayer. That's God's plan. He's always looking for. This was not, this not, this does not only apply to the to the old testament, it also applies to us in our generation. God is looking for intercessors, people who will cooperate with him in the place of prayer. God is not saying you should go and start a ministry. No, just you alone in the place of prayer. God is looking for you. And this is a challenge, Ross, that we will not relegate prayer. We will not make it secondary. If God is looking for a man, you know, as I read it, it touched me. God, you mean you are looking for one person? It's not looking for men. It's not looking for a group. It's not looking for a host. It's looking for somebody. Can God find that person in you and in me? That's the challenge. Can we complete with heaven in the place of prayer? On behalf of UK, can we ask God that God in his mercy should help us? That we will cooperate with him. We will, we will cooperate with God in building the spiritual world of this land. That despite the fact that souls are there that need help, we will, we will stand in the gap on their behalf. We will stand against the wicked wiles of the devil, against those souls. That's what God is looking for. And I pray that God will find you and me in that position. Let me read another scripture. Um, Isaiah 59. Just to buttress this issue of God looking for somebody who can stand in the gap, who can cooperate with him, it's not that God can't do what he wants to do. He can do it without a human being. That's God. He's the almighty. But his nature is that I want to use man. I want to use a woman. I want to use a man. Somebody who will carry the burden along with me. Look at it. Isaiah 50, 59. Um, let's look at verse Verse 16, yeah. Look at verse 16. Can somebody read it for us, please? Isaiah 59, verse 16. Says here, he is astonished to see that there is no one to help the oppressed. So he will use his own power to rescue them and to win the victory. Hmm. So we see here in verse 16, he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. You see how God is wondering. He's wondering, why are you not in the place of prayer? Why are you not interceding? He's wondering. Is asking, is checking. Why? Why are you not in the place of prayer? I must not be the one that will make God wonder. We love brethren. And you know, 
it's not a pleasant thing that God is looking at me and saying, ah, ah, but why are you not in the place of prayer? He wondered that there was no intercessor, nobody, no man. And like I said, look at it again. God is still looking for one person. He's not looking for 100 people. Can me and you be that man? That's the, that's the, that's the challenge, Ross. Look at the next part of that. Therefore, his own arm brought him salvation. You see, because God did not find somebody. That is God's primary focus. The first thing God wants, anytime God wants to do anything on earth, he looks for a vessel. He looks for a human being that he can partner with. And that partnership starts in the place of prayer. And this should be our challenge as well. Do you see? Jesus was going to the cross and he called his disciples, three of them, to come and help him carry the burden he was carrying. So let's go back now to our index scripture, Matthew 26, just to continue the study in that light. So Matthew 26, the Bible said from verse um, 38. And Jesus made a request there. He said, stay here and watch along with me. But let's be reading from verse 39. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed. You see Jesus. Look at how, look at that posture. He fell on his face in reverent submission to God and prayed. Now, in, when, when me and you pray, the focus is not first of all your physical um, position. Although your physical position might relate to where your heart is. When you need help from somebody, do you go and shrug your shoulders and say, yes, and you do this? Actually, I've come. I know I need your help, but I'm here. You know, that's a proud look. But when you come before God, your heart is humble. That is a heart that God is looking to cooperate with. That's a heart that God wants to, wants to body so that you can, you can be his partner. It's, you know, we didn't, we didn't have time. You would have gone to look at that Abraham story in Genesis um, 18. Before Abraham started relating with God in the place of prayer, God was thinking within himself, can I hide this thing I want to do in Sodom? Should I hide it from my, my friend Abraham? Wonderful. What a nice testimony. That God wants to do something. And he's saying, no, I need to discuss with my friend in Hemelemstead first. Before I do it. Let me hear his opinion. Can you see God? God is looking for that type of relationship between me, between him and, and us. But that does not start arbitrarily. It starts in the place of prayer. It's obvious that Abraham was a man who prayed. And you see it in the life of Jesus as well. The Bible said he fell on his face. 
he fell on his face in reverent submission. You see the heart of Jesus in the, at this point. He was burdened. And he was looking for brothers. He was looking for friends who could carry the burden along with him. And we know what he said. He fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Very important. Jesus prayed, Oh, my father. So who are we praying to, please? Our father in heaven. Let's, let's not think that we are just talking to the air when we pray. Let's not think we are just, it's a waste of time. No, you are actually talking to your father. And he hears you. You are relating with the heavenly father. It's a great privilege, beloved brethren, that we can have that opportunity to talk to the king of kings and the master of the universe. It's a great privilege. Let's not just think it's just, well, it's just one of those things. No, it's not. You are discussing and talking heart to heart with your father, your heavenly father. Look at it. And Jesus prayed. Now, look at verse 40. Then he came to his disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, what? I don't know. Does your translation read it that way? Eh? My translation, the New King James said, then he came, in verse 40, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, what? Huh. Interesting. I've never seen that, that, that what before. What? You are sleeping? You know, and as you read it, does that sound like you or does it sound like me? Yes, it does. One of the first hindrances to prayer is sleep. It's not just in our generation. It has always been there. Look at it. Sleep. It happens even in church. Brethren, let us pray and we lose concentration and then we start sleeping. And then you wake up when you hear in Jesus' name. <laughs> Sleep has always been an issue. And God is opening our eyes to see too. Be well, sleep. I'm not saying you didn't rest. But please, when it is time to pray, be very conscious that sleep can cheat you. Even when you are not feeling sleepy, I just discovered, even when you are not feeling sleepy, when it's time to pray, suddenly one sleep comes from somewhere. How come? So, Jesus exclaimed, what? <laughs> and I'm just praying that God will not look at me too and say, what? A sign of disappointment? A sign of surprise? What? And Jesus asked, could you not watch with me 
one hour. Beloved brethren, let that be a challenge for us. Should we not watch with God as well? Children, I know when it's time to pray, don't allow sleep cheat you. When it's time to watch that cartoon, you don't sleep. When it's time to watch Racket um, Ralph and Fix It Felix, you don't sleep. When it's time to play that FIFA game, you don't sleep. Or have you seen somebody who was playing a game and is winning points on that game and is dozing off? So we see here, Jesus asks, could you not watch with me? One hour. And look at what Jesus said in verse 41. Watch and pray. Least you enter into temptation. Can somebody read it for us from another translation? That's New King James I just read. Verse 41. What does um, Amplified read again? Jethro read it for us last time. Yes? Verse 41. Yeah. All of you must keep awake. Give strict attention. Be cautious and active. Please stop. (laughs) That's very heavy instruction. Look at it. All of you must keep awake. Keep awake. (laughs) This is not me talking. This is Jesus. All of you must keep awake. Give strict attention. Be cautious and active. Continue, please. Continue reading. And watch and pray that you may not come into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Excuse me. Does that scripture need any explanation? No. This is Jesus. You must keep awake, oh Christian. You must keep awake. It's a must. You must keep awake spiritually so that you can pray. Give strict attention to it. Don't ignore prayer. You must keep awake. Be active in the place of prayer. Be cautious in the place of prayer. That's what that scripture is teaching us. Of course, the Bible is not saying you shouldn't sleep when it's time to sleep. But please, when it's time to pray, make it a priority. Keep awake. Be active in the place of prayer. Give attention to it. The same way you give attention to other things and you are serious about it, please don't ignore prayer. He said, watch and pray so that you may not come into temptation. So that temptation will not overcome you. How can you stand a Christian and not allow the enemy floor you? It is in the place of prayer. How can you not misbehave 
It is not by strength. It is in the place of prayer. Battles are won. And look at what Jesus said. He said, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Yes, we are still in this human body. Yes, we are still on this side of eternity. You've not gone to heaven yet. But we must give attention. We must put our body under when it's time to pray. I know how, how we can physically restrain ourselves when we want to do something very important. Even if you are very tired, you know you need to get this done. You do it. You push yourself. Why is it that when it comes to the place of prayer, we just ignore and say, well, it doesn't matter. Let's, let's give attention to it. Like scripture is encouraging us here. Because when we pray, when we keep watch spiritually and we are alert and we pray, God gives you, is there God gives you inner strength. Your spirit is encouraged again. Look at these disciples. They didn't watch. They didn't pray along with Jesus. When the time of temptation came, they fell. Do you remember when they came to arrest Jesus later on? We saw it. The Bible said when the, the soldiers came to arrest Jesus, one of the disciples, I mean, other, other, if you look at other versions of this story, Peter drew a sword and he cut off the ear of one of the people that came to arrest Jesus. Excuse me, was that not falling into temptation? Maybe if he had prayed along with Jesus and he understood why Jesus was, was, was praying and he understood it in the place of prayer, maybe he would not have cut out that person's ear. So, this is a strong lesson for us. That if I want to live a victorious Christian life, I need to pray. If you want to live a, Christi victor a victorious Christian life, you need to pray as well. Now, Jesus told them in verse 41, and then in verse 42, again, a second time, he went away and prayed. And the Bible said, he went away, went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me, unless I drink it, your will be done. Do you see how Jesus, through prayer, was allowing the will of God settle in his heart without any question? Do you see how through prayer, he was going to obey God and please God? It was all this happened in the place of prayer. If Jesus won his victory to go to the cross and save mankind from eternal destruction, he won it in the place of prayer. Excuse me, who are you to think you can just do spiritual work? You can just bulldoze your way. No, you have to pray. I'm trusting that the Lord will help us. I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit will encourage your heart again so that you will take your prayer life more serious. Because Jesus took his own prayer life serious. How much more us? May the Lord help us. May this study not just be a 
a, an academic exercise for us, but that we will arise from this study and rejuvenate and revitalize our prayer lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Come and join Pastor George's Bible Study at 8 p.m. 